listening to Let There Be Light, a podcast where we shed light on difficult topics in the church today through history, science, theology, and our mutual love for Jesus. Welcome to another episode. How have you been, uh, Sarah? Uh, I would say thriving, (laughs) but I instead will say surviving. Oh, mm, yes. What do we have for our episode today? Oh, we got some good stuff, man. I'm so okay. So, if you guys remember, our very first episode we ever did was called Trauma with a Capital T. You remember that, Sarah? Good times. I Blackout do. a little it bit. It was not traumatizing. Actually. Oh, wow. Was mm, that was good. I really walked into that one. That was mm. good. Well, that will be a helpful episode to refer back to, as Sarah would say, folks, because today <laughs> we're talking about healing from trauma, particularly with the theme of the season trauma from the church. Yes, that is the high point. Or trauma, healing from your own trauma just within the context of the church. Because it adds maybe another layer of complexity. Oh, definitely several. Oh, yeah. As you may have heard us hint at in our deconstruction episode. Yes. Yes. So there are many helpful articles on the internet, okay, where you can start learning about healing from trauma. But what we can and will encourage the most is seeking help from a licensed professional sooner rather than later on your journey of healing. Today we'll be going into depth about healing from your church trauma by sharing more resources and personal stories to emphasize how you are not alone. Are not alone. Okay. (laughs) Yes, we needed that in there. I think it was good because I think the last episode we talked about Hamilton a little bit like your obedience servant. This is a very musical second season. Yeah, it's, no, it's great. We're really digging in. Our third season is just all of our. Maybe our third season will be a visual medium. Oh, man. A full musical. Oh, yes. Just us two on an empty stage doing (laughs) improv. No costume. There's no budget. Anything like that. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Let's talk about symptoms of trauma first mm. like i said we go into the definition of trauma in our first episode trauma with capital t listen to that for more info medical professionals say that there is no right or wrong way to think feel or respond so don't judge your own reactions or those of other people when dealing with the aftermath of trauma okay your responses are normal reactions to abnormal things mm, major emphasis on that seriously there is no like there's no shame oh something that my therapist told me small side tangent i walked in and i said what i think so many of us say which is like well someone else has had it worse and she was like you know what every single person who's ever walked in here has said from the most intense quote-unquote trauma you can think of to maybe just having their breakfast cereal taken away. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. And there, and I feel like that just comes from a place of not wanting to be selfish mm-hmm. or even, yeah, it. to cope. And then just because they were taught that their feelings don't matter, which yeah. is so unfortunate. But yeah. basically your emotions and everything that happens to you it doesn't matters. just come out of anywhere, nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Emotional and uh, psychological symptoms of trauma can be anything from like your basic shock, denial, disbelief that that even happened or you're confused that that happened. Um, in the aftermath, you could have difficulty concentrating. That's a brain fog. Um, I've had so many mood swings and irritability mm. dealing with trauma. I didn't even know it was from that. I just thought I was a, a bad person. Mm. I thought I was a bad friend. 
um, because I was, I was withdrawing from others. And I was like, people are better off without knowing me, without being around me. And I felt really sad and hopeless. And these are all symptoms, emotional and psychological symptoms. Physical symptoms, because trauma can absolutely affect your body, are ins- insomnia, nightmares. They can include fatigue or being startled easily. Um, this is a big one. Difficulty concentrating or having a racing heartbeat. Okay. Edginess, aches and pains, muscle tension, all of these symptoms of dealing with trauma. I think both of us have experienced all of these, either one at a time or all at once. And that that can just be an incredibly confusing, discombobulating feeling. Because you might be tempted to think this is part of something else. Or you just, it goes back to you. You're just blaming you. Yeah, I'm not strong enough. And like what you said before, so many people have it worse. I'm just selfish. Yeah. I'm just... I just, I can force my heart to stop pounding. If I just yeah, I just need it. to calm down. Or <laughs> one of... My favorites is just pray, pray, pray and it pray it away, which there is power in prayer, people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as a guided, like almost meditative sort of practice, it can help a lot with like anxiety or oh, yeah. mindfulness. Totally. But very few of us are taught to pray that way either. Um, They're just, taught if you have enough faith, yeah. you'll pray this prayer, it'll go away. If you pray this prayer and it doesn't go away, guess what? You don't believe enough. Yeah. Trauma symptoms, I said that weird, trauma symptoms typically last from a few days to a few months, gradually fading as you process the unsettling event. But even when you're feeling better, okay, this is really important, you may be troubled from time to time by painful memories or emotions, especially in response to triggers such as an anniversary of the event or something that reminds you of the trauma. Mm-hmm. We definitely experience that. I know it's kind of a joke nowadays, like, oh, triggered. triggered. But it's real. But it's real. And yeah. also there may be a thing called, which we're still learning more about, a thing called complex trauma, yes. which is just now making its way in a variety of diagnoses like complex PTSD. Oh, yes. Into the DSM-5. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is a sort of trauma that has so psychologically altered you that you will probably experience ongoing symptom, low-level symptoms, depending on the level of your oh, yes. help you're receiving, for years, if not the rest of your life. So it looks more intense and ongoing than some other types of trauma. Like there are a variety of different, I want to say, levels not to make one sound worse than another one because it's all your experience, but it all has to do with timeline and how definitely your brain. and different treatment options too oh, absolutely. involved. Absolutely. absolutely. What's important to I'm glad you brought that up. What's important to remember is if your psychological trauma symptoms don't ease up, or if they become even worse, and you find that you're unable to move on from that event for a prolonged period of time, you may be experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, more commonly known as PTSD. Yes, or more Mm -hmm. likely if it lasts, or, well, not necessarily more likely, or complex PTSD, Mm -hmm. which is they're finding very common. Mm -hmm. And you don't just have to be a veteran um, to experience Yeah, let's explore that for a second, because I feel, and this could go back to what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. about how a lot of people, when they preface their trauma they say well so many people have had it worse Mm. i personally can speak from my experience with my parents hey mom hey dad love you um they don't listen it's fine (laughs) (laughs) they that was constantly brought up to me when i was younger when i was a child that so many others have it worse 
suck it up. Mm-hmm. And in particular, when we think of PTSD, more commonly, we think of our veterans yes. who have seen war. They've held their dying brothers and sisters in their arms. They've had to take lives themselves. Some have gone through torturous experiences as prisoners of war. And we, in my experience, I think put that up as the highest level of trauma, which, oh my God, yes, it is. It's intense. Yes. But we all, because we do that, we attribute PTSD almost exclusively to veterans or to people who've been in prison-like war-type situations when that's not entirely accurate, where medical professionals have come to the conclusion that any really traumatizing event could result in PTSD mm-hmm. later. Yep. And it, it's, it's literally called post-traumatic stress disorder yep and different forms of ptsd will look different too absolutely like oh, i can't have like i because i have cptsd mm-hmm. um they tend to think of it as like oh man i'll have flashbacks and like like you see in the movies mm-hmm. and some folks do experience that uh with complex ptsd though for example you we don't tend to experience flashbacks physical flashbacks that's much 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 more rare instead it's emotional flashbacks which is very much a thing and your brain not being able to differentiate between the emotions of a past event and the emotions of a current event, which is very confusing. When you get into a space like that, is it, does it feel, because our listeners can kind of have you almost like a reference, mm. does it feel like you're in that situation all over again? Like your emotions, like you just said, your emotions can't divorce themselves from the situation. Yes, and it looks very odd to other people because basically what does it look like it looks like it looks like basically like i'll suddenly go back to this person who's very to the person that i was acting like to try to defend myself in the moment Hmm. so there was an i had an incident the other night with a friend which they handled it so well but they said something that triggered me and because triggers hit so hard and fast i was instantly thrown emotionally back into another situation. So I was feeling emotions from another situation that happened years ago. And so part of me was like confused because it's like, I know I shouldn't be feeling this. But the other part of me is like just reliving it emotionally. Like help, like I'm still stuck here. Help, anger, pain. Like, and so to them, it looked like I devolved in maturity Mm. about like five or six years or something. Like I I was started acting and talking like a teenager. Closed off. Yeah, Yeah, completely closed off started becoming very like mm, they call it very like almost from their perspective like complaining and like i can't believe what we what's going on and then i came back out of that like maybe an hour later and i was mm. like oh wow that wasn't what was that oh that's because those aren't the emotions that i wanted to feel now mm-hmm. i know logically now it's not an, this thing this topic isn't an issue but i completely forget that in the moment um, and that just is an ongoing thing that takes a lot of time to sort through with a therapist to be able to like to pinpoint to pinpoint because mm-hmm. it's hard with emotional flashbacks and things like that. And I imagine it would be hard sitting in through therapy and retelling that situation to your therapist and then having him or her point out, oh, this is where you got triggered. Yep. Because then you have to look back and as somebody who's dealt not 
at all to this degree, but somebody who's dealt with the aftermath of their actions when they were mentally unstable, mm-hmm. having to go back and re- realize, oh, that was because I was off my meds. Yeah. Or that was like having that, you're definitely responsible for your actions, oh, yeah. but there's a reason behind it. And that to me, and we'll go into that, that is sometimes harder because it's really hard to give myself grace. Yes. It's hard to validate myself while making reparations to the other person. Yes. Oh, man. It's a strange tension. Strange, strange tale. And self-validation is tough in any mental illness, whether you've got a form of PTSD or depression or anxiety or any, any other mental illness or trauma that you struggle from. Yeah, let's... There's that tension. Let's stop, like, telling people or inferring that people can't validate themselves. Because I feel like that's a huge problem. Wouldn't you agree? So massive. If you can't learn... I'm going to give it to you on download, folks. Okay. Straight up. Okay, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) learn to validate yourself, you will will be seeking it from people for the rest of your life. Oh! And they will never be able to give it to you to the level that you want and that you need. And you will always be looking and angry and upset and lost that you aren't getting it from others. Always. And the cycle won't stop until you stop it. That is a hard reality check, but we have to, that's part of healing. It is. It's, it's rough that like saying all that, that's, that's really rough because again, like we've been going back, we're so conditioned to one, to downplay what happened to us. People have it Mm -hmm. worse to, um, take responsibility, air quotes, um, and accountability for our actions to not make excuses. It's like, no, there's a difference yeah. between excuses and reasons for your behavior. Yes. So how do we bring this back to trauma from your church? Mm. I think we have to start with the realization that trauma isn't just necessarily maybe five big bad events that you're thinking in your head. We all have like a unique to each person mental capacity for what your brain considers trauma and a threshold. And if it happens to you and your brain considers it trauma, then it will be trauma. And if another person could experience the same thing and come away fine. So all that to say, church trauma could be a whole lot of things. It's a whole different beast. It is. I we've we've kind of delved into this in other episodes, but I think retelling it uh, multiple times kind of gives it different feels too. Um, with me, I like to say I grew up in a semi-church background. One parent's a believer, one is still not, and I had my church kind of wrapped around me, like. A blanket, just a comfy, cozy blanket. I knew it would all always be there. And then high school came, and you know, you get a little rowdy, get a little re- a get a little spice, a little restlessness. Um, make some mistakes, fall off buildings. Um, I mean, well, it was an actual building, but excellent. yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's the next episode. But anyway, um, that is to say, when I was nineteen, that's when. I've heard the phrase, like, rededicated your life to Christ. Mm. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. But that was the moment where I could say for sure I was believing in Jesus and I was doing my best to follow him. 
And then from there, like I look back and it was just a beautiful, almost fairy tale. It was just a gorgeous mess of life where I had a, a job I kind of like, kind of sort of not liked, but I was just embraced by this church family and just so many different people. And it was glorious. Like I felt like I belonged. It, I felt affirmed. I felt loved. I felt wonderful. And as somebody who experienced a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Abandonment issues growing up. Mm, who, de- who, yeah, you said that way too quickly. Just saying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, mm, rejection. So mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, as somebody who struggled with a lot of mental illness beforehand, it was just such a restorative process for me. And I look back and I'm just like, oh my God. Thank you, God. Mm. And then little cracks, you know, just started to form. My blanket just got a little unraveled. It's just, there's so many metaphors. Metaphors are great. Mm. Um, And I just wasn't feeling the warmth from my community much anymore and it happens so slowly I barely notice just little things at a time yeah um and then a big scandal hit my church long story short we just ended up dividing and becoming a different community under a different name and I still have trouble describing just how awful that was like, just in all seriousness, just having this, like, big, beautiful church family and feeling like I belonged and I was accepted. And suddenly it all turned on its head and people who I trusted with my life saw me as other for taking a different side, yeah. for standing up for what I thought was right and that I do still think is right. And that, I just, I ended up just retreating. And that is something that's really, really, you shouldn't do. When that's one of the biggest things that um, a lot of people react with when they're dealing with, like, this was a traumatic event. I just started retreating. I became depressed. Um, I was really lonely. But I knew that I didn't want to be around people. It was very confusing. I was really agitated. I was exhausted all the time. I remember at work, people at work were just like, are you okay? Like they could just see a change in me, how exhausted I was. Um, and those are all symptoms of, of dealing with a traumatic event. And how I eventually got through it was I opened up to the people I had left, the people who stuck by me when the going got tough. So that includes Sarah, a loopy girl here in the corner. Um, That includes really amazing friends I have, uh, Tyler and Lindsay. I really don't think I would have survived a lot of this without having Lindsay um, in my life. Um, My mom, my dogs. um, (laughs) Amen. And it it still is. It's it's really hard because this all happened, help me Sarah, like two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming up on wait, two years, right? Yeah. It'll yeah. be. It it will be three, three years since years everything started, but this, two years. Basically, three years. Yeah, we'll April. just say that. Yeah, 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 we'll just say that. And 
even though it's been time has definitely passed oh, it's crazy wow i didn't really think about that i'm like blinking rapidly right now wow it, it sometimes it still feels like it's yesterday and that is okay um because like we mentioned earlier like this is my normal reaction to an abnormal thing yeah. i oh, i read a quote that i think really described it well where someone was dealing with um the loss of their church and they said that it felt like their right hand was cut off and that's exactly how i felt and because this was the church i grew up in mm -hmm. And that I eventually rededicated my life to Christ. And I just, I imagined myself there for the rest of my life. And that just, it didn't happen that way. And it's, like, it's still sad. But I'm, like, healed enough and a little removed from it enough to look at it and recognize it for what it was. And the good things that happened there. And not negate that. Mm. And accept it. And then yeah. move on. I think, though, though that's your story highlights a lot of very specific church trauma and oh, the yeah. whole range that people can experience. Loss of a community, loss of deep friendships, betrayal, rejection, abandonment, culture shock from having to move churches. And if you've grown up in the church, you'll, you know what I'm talking about and like how that, and also there can be spiritual trauma in there of starting to distrust God or being told that maybe he's angry at you or he doesn't like your thoughts. Definitely. I think, when, yeah, when I was going through it, I was like, Oh, this is what Christianity is. Really? This is really it? This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Complete disillusionment, mm -hmm. which is common. Common and a form of trauma. Um, if you want to hear my story, you can also listen to Trauma of the Capital T, where I talk about it there. Just could plug in that episode. These are bookends, <laughs> people. Bookends. Bookends. Speaking <laughs> of bookends, let's talk about healing. Some useful tips. That I've learned over the years that, uh, that again, I'd love to share with you guys. We'll be sharing more resources in the caption. Christian writer Jen Hatmaker, she went through deconstruction pretty publicly. She was actually really famously exiled from the evangelical church a few years ago. That's right. Yep. And she isolated herself due to the trauma of that experience Just on a world stage being excommunicated from your church, basically. And yeah, and she said that spending time in nature, you know, God's creation, particularly near water, was incredibly restorative to her. This is really important. When to seek professional therapy for trauma. We've talked about this at length, man. We we love therapy. I cannot recommend enough. It is so healthy. Yes. Sorry, that got really loud. And the more we talk about it, the more it breaks the stigma that only... A certain type of person can can take therapy or needs to go to therapy. I was gonna I was gonna bring up specific ideas of like when to seek professional therapy for trauma, but no, we just all need therapy. We do. We do some more than others, but we really do need therapy. We need to talk about things like seek help for trauma if you're having trouble functioning at home or work. You're suffering from severe fear, anxiety, depression, or you know using alcohol. That's bad. Drugs. Avoiding more and more things that remind you of the trauma, but just in general. I feel like we just all need someone to talk yeah. to you to break down things that happen to us. Yeah, because you can also go to therapy for what we would generally call positive life events, like moving into a new house, moving states. Getting married. Getting married. Huge life changes. Getting, even just getting into a relationship. And especially if, you had, if you've had a history of unhealthy relationships. To close, I just want to let everyone know that recovering from trauma, it takes time. And everyone heals at their own pace. And I, if that sounds familiar, good. I'm glad 
people have told you that because it's it's true. You're going to heal when you're going to heal. Okay. And you can put in the work like Sarah was saying, absolutely put in the work, but some things are out of your control. But if months have passed and your symptoms aren't letting up, remember you may need professional help from a trauma expert. Okay. Just found that out there. Therapy is good. Working through things is good. Keep an eye on that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And most of all, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. He laughs with you. He He loves you. He weeps with you. And if anybody went through trauma, Jesus did too. And he doesn't look us in the eye and say, well, I've had it worse. Thanks for that, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. This has been so good. Well, look (laughs) at our caption. For we queued it up for y'all. For all the resources Got it all queued up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wish you the absolute best. I was going to say, we wish you a Merry Christmas. I don't know why. Not too. We, like wish, him, you we wish you a Merry Christmas. No matter what time of the year you're listening in. And there was like...